On this episode of High Flow Lifestyle, I talk with Christian Straka about mindfulness and flow's impact on peak performance and his three trainable skills for accessing flow consistently. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Smith, and welcome to the High Flow Lifestyle Podcast. It's my privilege to be your peak performance and flow coach with this episode. Each week, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews, as well as actionable tips and strategies for accessing flow for optimal human performance, heightening creativity, intuition, and productivity, and most importantly, living a healthier and happier life. Now let's dive into your next dose of practical flow training. Christian Straka has developed a unique approach to mindset training through methodologies for applying evidence-based mindfulness techniques in sports. Christian has been practicing mindfulness for many years and is also now teaching and coaching mindfulness. For the past decade, his focus turned to mindset training for peak performance through evidence-based mindfulness skill development, which he incorporates in his function as the global mindset coach for Adidas runners, as well as his personal and corporate clients. Welcome to the show, Christian. What is your superpower? Good question. <laughs> I have a superpower. I think uh, there is a couple of things that I have been kind of, you know, given a little bit that I didn't have to work so hard for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one is the ability to kind of um, help people in certain ways, not just, you know, and generally be of service, but like there are certain things that I have a easier time um, helping people explaining certain things, you know, in the world of mindfulness where I'm working or sports, tennis, running (laughs) the way um, I can break it down in my head and then convey to other people seems to just, you know, of course, through over the years working at it, but it's still something that is kind of um, seems to connect with other people. Nice. So that would be one thing, I think, mm-hmm. helping people. Um, and then I tend to be also um, relatively disciplined um, without too much effort. But um you know, for me, discipline is always kind of really something that like you do, you know, it's good for you, but you don't really want to do it. And in my case, that swaps over very easily. If I just intellectually understand like the benefits of something, then it it's not like I need to really pull myself together to do it. Like if I believe it's good for me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be very motivated. So it's again, not so much discipline necessary, but I do things that other people would consider um, that it would require a discipline. That's a great point. It sounds very much like somehow you've tapped in to be able to intrinsically motivate yourself, which, you know, is a, is a, a big trigger for, you know, accessing flow. Um, yeah, I mean, um, there is that part to it where I can motivate myself, um, by, you know, if there is something that, you know, maybe somebody says is good for me, I should do it or not. And then let's say I'm not motivated to do it. Um, and now I really need discipline to do it. Um, the way to get motivated for me is to understand more about it. 
Okay. And if then this belief in the science of it, um, because that's one of the very few beliefs that I have consciously, you know, of course, subconsciously, I have a lot of beliefs mm -hmm. <laughs> that I'm not aware of, but like consciously, there's not that much stuff that I really like try to believe in or want to believe in. Mm. Um, I just want to, you know, experiment, see where the road leads, so to speak, and let experience be the teacher. Um, but science is definitely something that I believe because I'm myself not the scientist. So, you know, I take um, the studies and the work the scientists do um, for what it is. And mm -hmm. if I read a study um, that highlights the benefits of certain activities, then that motivates me very much for sure. Mm. Well, Christian, what's something that helps you get into flow state? Um, well, uh, the flow state, uh, you know, I think it's good for people generally to um, get on the same page as maybe you are or I am. So what like a flow state actually means, because, you know, it's a word that's going around, mm. but um, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, he had a certain definition for it, right? So mm -hmm. let's say if we would go uh, using that definition, that would mean that you need to hit, um, I think it was seven or eight different parameters um, in order to be able to hit a flow state. Mm. So those parameters are, for example, it needs decision-making needs to be involved. If you're not making any decision, uh, then you are already automatically, according to his definition, not in a flow state. Mm. Okay. Then if you are... Um, not being challenged, okay, enough or uh, too much, then you also cannot be in a flow state. So there needs to be like this challenge that is just a little bit, uh, a couple of percentile above your um, optimum, optimal level of skill, uh, optimal skill level, let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, then there needs to be a heightened state of attention on the task at hand. Um, there needs to be no resistance with anything that you're currently experiencing. Um, there needs to be uh, the ability to be able to pick up on many, many very subtle details within what you are paying attention to. Mm. Um, and then there's like a, lot, a couple of other uh, pointers. So that is uh, where the road kind of gets a little bit um, blurry, let's say. Yeah. So um, what I'm practicing myself and what I'm teaching, um, it entails three of those uh, factors that Csikszentmihalyi this, um, considers to be part of the flow state, but you can actually experience those, but not in the flow state. Because okay. if you're not making any decisions, then, you know, according to that definition, at least, mm -hmm. you're not in a flow state, but it could still very f much feel like for people you're in a flow state, right. but you're not because you're maybe just sitting there, you know, and not right. doing anything, or you're just walking your dog and somehow you feel like you're in a flow state, you know? So those three skills that overlap in either mm -hmm. case are your ability to pay attention to mm -hmm. what you want for any length of time. So you can get very locked in um, so much so that everything else seems to fall away. It's not even happening anymore. You're not able to perceive it. That doesn't mean it's not happening, but it's not 
um, within your perception anymore. Then the ability to really notice subtleties and be very clear about what it is that you're experiencing right now, that you're seeing or that you're feeling, right? And the ability to um, move through a certain situation without resisting anything that's happening currently, mm. um, whether that's, you know, pain or you just have a crazy mind or yeah. you are experiencing, you know, severe, unpleasant external uh, exp um, things, you know, weather, super cold weather, wind, you know, extreme sunlight, heat. It could be many things. So those skills you can train. Mm. Um, and not to say that the other um, skills when the flow state you cannot train, but I'm focusing on these three skills to train them in combination intentionally. And then when you're experiencing a heightened state of those skills, then you are experiencing a float state uh, or something like it mm -hmm. very frequently, actually. Ah, oh, I see. I wanted to take a second to share an upcoming opportunity with you. I help people who are a little stuck or aspiring to go to that next level of success in life. Unlock your hidden human potential so you can achieve your dreams faster. I realized the best way to do this is to launch a membership group with support from a community of like-minded people. In the membership, you'll have access to courses you can go through at your own pace. There'll be live peer group coaching, as well as one-on-one -on -one flow coaching options privately with me. I'll be offering early bird pricing you get to keep for life to members of the newsletter first. So sign up at highflowlifestyle.com, where I'll keep you updated on the lower priced early bird membership access. I'll also send you my flow tips for optimal human performance and happiness. Now back to the show. That's a great approach. Yeah. Slightly modifying the definition, but you've built up uh, your own theories and your own ways through, you know, experience with different different clients and working in different high performance cultures. Yeah. So, I mean, these three skills actually are the skills that you are using if you are being mindful. Mm, so when you're mindful and there's just... You know, I'm just describing it in a way that maybe is more relatable to an athlete or to activities. Mm -hmm. um, and when somebody is explaining it, who um, comes from a traditional, you know, uh, kind of more heartwarming, loving kindness perspective, mm -hmm. or somebody who is dealing more with anxiety and depression, um, the way they're going to describe these skills um, might sound very different, but it's essentially, it's the same skills. They just try to use them um, to help with other aspects of your life. So I'm just focusing on using these skills to benefit your performance right now and also down the road. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm kind of, you know, limiting my focus um, in terms of who I'm really trying to help the most mm -hmm. to athletes on all levels <clears throat> Or any performer, really, you could, you know, be an artist, or whoever you want, but you're kind of taking this sports mindset approach, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of increase your performance. Um, but there's so many different ways, you know, to go about this. And it's really, to be honest, it's all the same. It's not that I have invented anything. Mm -hmm. um, it's <laughs> a long time. It's just a different lens at it, really. Exactly. And well, what brought you to looking at and and 
teaching through the lens of uh, incorporating mindfulness. Were you, uh, you know, a meditation practitioner before or, you know, how did that come about your attraction to the mindfulness aspect? Well, I mean, it was a really long road there. <clears throat> Definitely not as long as for some people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, first step that was necessary for uh, me in order to get where I am right now was to actually um, really experience firsthand a lot uh, what it's like to not be using these skills. Mm. to you know or to have the skills and not have them readily available or not very far developed and that was my big issue as an athlete you know i would so to speak get in a flow state and i would fall out of the flow state within 10 seconds or right. 2 minutes and then there was no way for me to go back to it i was like and that is extremely frustrating when you know what it can be like mm -hmm. and you have absolutely zero intellectual understanding of how to get there and ah. also zero um experiential um understanding how to mm -hmm. how you used to get there mm -hmm. um and you have absolutely no um skill development at hand that would allow you to get there even if you had the understanding so right. i had none of that okay and still i would sometimes experience a flow state how almost all humans do they might just not you know notice that they experience it mm -hmm. So then once I went through that for, you know, years and years, 10 years, 15 years of mm -hmm. like really kind of In struggling and with and, yeah. how terrible it is if you're not experiencing this and how great it is if you are some of the time, eventually um, I realized that, wow, this actually, you can develop this. You know, this is not just, you're not at the mercy of like, oh, maybe it's going to happen. I just need to work harder on the court. You know, I need to work harder in the gym. It's like, no, it's actually nothing to do with that. It's like, there is a certain intentionality in regards to how you are using certain mental skills. Mm. And if you start to do that in a systematic and consistent way, just exactly the same way you have a training plan when you start to run a marathon, when you have mm -hmm. a training plan, when you want to lose weight, when you have a training plan, when you want to bulk up, when you have a training plan, when you improve, um, you know, when, um, your free throws from the, um, in basketball, mm. there's always, there's not, you will never go there and just like, yeah, just throw the ball. Like it's going to get better eventually. It's not <laughs> actually, or very little. Um, so you need a training plan. And there needs to be a system in place. You need to do it a certain amount of times and you need a certain amount of breaks and you need to, if something is working, then you can, you know, emphasize that if something's not working, you need to adapt something. Right. You can't just, you know, play it by ear and mm -hmm. with the mind, the mind is not any less complex than the body is. Mm -hmm. So, um, once I realized that, then that was it for me. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. For myself, really, right. like I want to develop these skills. I don't want to be at the mercy of my mind anymore, mm -hmm. so to speak. I want to be able to, you know, get to a point where I can pay attention if I want to. Right. Um, right. And then I really put in a lot of time into training these skills myself. And once mm -hmm. I got to a level where I was like, okay, this is a real difference now. Now, now being me is very different than being me a few years ago. So mm -hmm. that's when. Re really the motivation um, and desire emerged to 
start to teach that to people, to all mm-hmm. athletes and, you know, move away from tennis, which I have basically been doing before. It, it seems very connected with the mindfulness and the reflecting and the reflection aspect of it, of like you were saying, intentionally practicing. And a lot of that, I believe, comes from the mindfulness and awareness aspect of what you're doing, reevaluating, reflecting on your actions, and then readjusting. For sure. You know, um, reflecting on certain elements of your training, on uh, strengths you have, on uh, difficulties you're facing, weaknesses you might want to work on is an essential element. It's just has nothing to do with being mindful. Mm. You're now kind of using your brain as you should, you know, to intellectually understand and analyze. Okay. But being mindful in that case would mean, okay, now you're noticing, you're turning your attention to your mind. So you're using that first skill of concentration and you try to keep your attention there because you choose to do so. And now you notice details about what's going through your mind. So it's not, you're not paying attention to the story now. You're not like Mm -hmm. really intentionally thinking. You're just noticing what are those thoughts Mm -hmm. rather than directing the thoughts and trying to understand the thoughts. You're not doing that at all. And then whatever thoughts are coming, whether that might be related to what you're doing or not, you're trying to be, uh, to allow those thoughts. You're not trying to be in an antagonistic relationship with what's going through your mind or anything else for that matter in that mm-hmm. situation. So then you're using these three skills intentionally, even though you are paying attention to your mind and you are thinking, but you're not, it's very different than contemplating um, what's going through your mind and trying to understand something. I say, I say. Thanks for listening to another episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please stop by Apple Podcasts and review and subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. And help us spread the importance of leading a high flow lifestyle by telling a friend and sharing on social media. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now go put some of this flow state training to work and live your life to its fullest. And I'll see you shortly on the next episode or inside the community at highflowlifestyle.com.